Tired of losing money in the stock market roller coaster? Frustrated with the government taxing you into oblivion? Worried about inflation? How do you prepare for so many financial uncertainties? Welcome to the show that will help you develop your game plan. The Financial Quarterback with Josh Jelinski. Josh is a noted financial advisor and president of the Jelinski Advisory Group. And he's here to answer your questions. Call into the show at 800-321-0710. Now let's kick off your financial future. Here's Josh Jelinski. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback, and we're being joined by one of my favorite guests, one of the best tax experts in the country, Tom Wheelwright. He'll tell you about tax reduction strategies and taxes are due for many a small business owner right now or in the next week or two. So he'll talk about how to work with an accountant and will AI replace accountants? That and more on this edition of The Financial Quarterback. So, Tom, the future of AI in the CPA space, you want to talk about that? Yeah, actually, I'm very excited about it. We're, we're already developing programs um, to use it. Uh, the biggest challenge we have in the accounting space is not enough accountants. And um, what AI will help us do is reduce all the little things that we're doing manually now that shouldn't be done manually. Uh, it will help people search for answers. For example, we're um, we're about to launch it on our website, WealthAbility, where people can go in and search for answers. We have 20 years of um, information, and now you'll, we'll have AI searches that will you'll be able to answer most questions just by going to our website and asking a question. So I actually think all the basics will be done through AI. I think actually, um, Josh, blockchain will be another big part of that because blockchain is what is the auditor and AI is the search engine. So um, that combination, I actually think it'll be very exciting for the accounting professional. May, keep us from doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. What are the pros and cons? I mean, you mentioned some of the pros. What are the cons of AI? Couldn't they make mistakes well, that would be horrific? Well, yeah. I mean, AI currently makes a lot of mistakes. I mean, um, if you've ever used an AI um, note taker, um, they're they're pretty pitiful. Uh, they will rearrange your words into, and you go, I didn't say that. I saw one uh, the other day, somebody who's uh, ha- had an AI note taker on a um, call that I had with them on Zoom. And... Uh, I got the notes and I'm going, I didn't say that. It completely adjusted my meaning. And so I, I think there is danger in relying on it. I think the biggest danger is it, it's it's kind of like, uh, Josh, over the last mm, 10, 15 years, accounts have come to rely too much on computers. They'll, they've, they've got their computer program. So we have kind of a beefed up version of TurboTax, um, either a CCH or a Thomson Reuters version, typically. Um, beefed up, it's really a beefed up version of TurboTax. And we go in and we actually, now in my firm and my my network and my my franchises, we, we make sure that, you know, the computer's doing the right thing. But a lot of accountants will just rely on it. Well, if the computer makes a mistake, and you're relying on the computer, you've made a mistake and you've compounded an error. And I think that's the that's the concern with both AI and blockchain. Well, what about TurboTax? People will say, I don't need an accountant. I have TurboTax. It's cheaper. Well, this is I, kind honestly, of a different Josh, question, you, but 
uh, a lot of people I, no, use TurboTax and then they complain about their errors. And we, we, <laughs> we sometimes have clients, we go, well, you should have an accountant. Like, why are you, why are you doing this yourself? Well, that's always my question. Why are you doing something yourself that is so inexpensive to outsource and, and so much better? Uh, Turbo, TurboTax is actually, I think, a very good program. Don't get me wrong. And if all you have is a W-2 and uh, you know a home mortgage, absolutely. Do it. Do it yourself. You don't need an accountant. But if you have any kind of investments, as you know, or any business whatsoever, do not do it yourself. I mean, the three most expensive words in the English language, do it yourself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's so true. I remember I had all these friends who wanted me to be a home remodeler at my first home I bought. And I, I ended up spending double because I had to correct all the bad work that I did. So, and it w- yep. wouldn't have been that much money relative, but I, you know, it was in that do it yourself craze with HGTV. What about <laughs> uh, data privacy concerns with AI? I, I think we have massive data privacy concerns, period. I mean, AI or not. I mean, look, we just had a, the person who released those 3,000 tax returns to ProPublica finally got charged. They finally found him. Um, they charged him. He was a contractor with the IRS. He wasn't even an employee of the IRS. And uh, I, I hope they put him in prison, frankly, for the rest of his life. I mean, I really do. I think that is horrible that the IRS um, did not have better safeguards than that that they allowed this guy to come in and steal those tax returns, release them. Um, they're gonna. It's going to cost the government a lot, by the way. Um, you know, there are lawsuits by those whose uh, tax returns were stolen actually have filed lawsuits against the IRS, against the government for that. Um, but I, I do think that data privacy is a, is a big deal. Now, it gets bigger because in January, coming up, January 2024, um, everybody who owns 25% or more of an entity has to disclose their ownership to the IRS. So the IRS isn't protecting our tax returns. Now we're letting them in. This is the government passed this bill a couple of years ago. We're letting them in to see who owns every, and who's the beneficial owner. So let me give you an example, Josh. So you've got somebody set up with a trust, right? Trusts are completely private right now. But if that trust owns an entity, not private anymore. You actually have to show who the beneficiaries are of the trust. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a serious problem even without AI. And now AI can go in and search for these things. I, I, I think it's a disaster um, in the making. Repeat that because I'm, I thought trusts are private. So I'm, I'm well, a little so, bit confused. So what we is- have this new law. It's called the Corporate Transparency Act. And supposedly... Is that that um, W-8-BEN form they're using or is that different? No, that's different. Okay. Um, the W-8-BN is, uh, is actually for foreign um, okay. entities. But the Corporate Transparency Act um, requires uh, every LLC, partnership, corporation to disclose its beneficial owners who own 25% or more of the entity. You've got one year to comply if you're already formed by January 1st. If you're not, then you've got 30 days. Uh, you, you really have 90 because they gave you gave an extension. But in the future, every year, you're going to have 30 days. These things are going to be due January 31st. 
Um, so what that means is that, <laughs> let's say that you have a trust that owns a limited liability company that owns real estate. Not uncommon. I mean, that's a, called the family limited partnership, right? That's a very common structure. Under the Corporate Transparency Act, it appears that not only will you have to disclose that the trust owns the LLC, you'll have to disclose who the beneficial owners are of the trust. Wow. So then what's the point of doing a trust anymore? Well, trusts are really for two reasons. Well, there's there's multiple uses. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's the what first I'm saying. Though, one's the privacy. First, I mean, they have been private, which has been nice um, for hundreds of years. By the way, <laughs> trusts are the oldest um, uh, the, the oldest entity on earth. Um, they 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 precede corporations, I think. Um, but but trusts are used to avoid probate, meaning that when you die, um, you know it it makes it easier to transfer the title of your assets. You don't have to go to court, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing that trusts do is they allow you to do estate planning uh, so that you can avoid paying estate tax. And they also allow you to basically set up your uh, affairs so that when you die, everything's all taken care of. People don't have to read a will. They don't have to wonder who's going to get what. They, they, it's not going to be contentious in court. Um, it, it really makes things easier. The thing we use trust for, we actually use them for income tax planning. So we're, we're a little different from the rest of the world and that we use them for income tax planning. Um, you and I have talked about uh, charitable donations, right? Charitable donations uh, using a trust are really useful. Well, now guess what? The charities, <laughs> the charities have to be disclosed too. So, um, because they're beneficial owners of the trust. So they're going to have to be disclosed. So it's, it's, um, it's really interesting. Yeah, no more, pri no more privacy anywhere. Just, I think we just have to give it up. Who, no cre who created this? I mean, I don't even under Congress. the under which act. Um, it was created, I believe, under Trump. And this is uh, disgraceful. You would think that Trump would have vetoed it because he has all kinds of trust. He probably didn't read the bill. That's my guess. That's my guess. I mean, I, you know, uh, Josh, uh, when uh, I, I wasn't a fan of them releasing Trump's tax returns, but when they were released, I did pour through them, and um, he did all these. They weren't. Kind of they, they weren't that. They weren't the um, best prepared tax returns I've ever seen. Wow. So what? Uh, we should do a show on that. Trump's released returns. What? What? Yeah, can we absolutely. Learn? I'd be happy. I'd be able to walk through them. When that, we can literally, we can walk through them. That would be a great show. But this this is troubling. So if you have a charitable intent. Yeah. And you don't want to be discriminated against. So they're really going to go after every charity. This is horrible. How can we fight this? I want to fight well, this. Well, like it, this. I, you know, this is this is a really tough road we're going down because then you add in the digital dollar, right? The central bank digital currency, which is coming fast and furious. Biden signed a bill, what, a year, and uh, I think in the spring. I don't know if it's spring of this year or spring of last year, that said to, to do a study group, the Federal Reserve already has it up and described on, on their website um, where a digital currency means that you will be tracked by your money. And so now you're being, so, so the combination of the digital currency with the Corporate Transparency Act, I mean, it's those two things together that take away every 
aspect of privacy. On top of that, the Democrats right now, and um, whether you love them or hate them, they want to go after political entities that don't do what they want. So I don't know if you remember, Josh, but several years ago during the Obama administration, we had a whole fiasco about uh, Lois Lerner um, in the IRS, and and she actually lost her job uh, in, in the IRS, and because they were going after. Uh, people who, any charity that had Patriot in its name, they were actually um, sidelining and saying, we're not going to give you your your uh, 501c3 designation. Well, now the Democrats have said, well, we're going to go after anybody who uses uses that for politics. Well, 501c4 actually is used for political purposes. It is specifically there for that. And um, but, but think but about those, but those, it, it just gives, it gives whoever is in power um, a lot more power. But think about That's this, what though. Um, I believe you're LDS. You give money, if you give money to the church, if track a, a Jewish person gives money to Hadassah, so you can have anti-Semitism on the rise, you can have anti-LDS activity on the rise. If you have anti-Catholic bigotry, you anti-evangelical Christian, you can basically do, by the way, what they did Lois Lerner's uh, IRS, there was the IRS thing with uh, the Prop 8 in California that ousted the Mozilla guy, Brandon, whatever that guy's name was, because he gave money to a cause that he believed in. You know, and it and it's not a left-right thing. You basically, no, your political enemies not. will then be able to use, it's almost yeah. like McCarthyism, against anybody who you disagree with. So if you're anti-Semitic, it gives you tools. It's, it, it, anti- it's, it's, it's Stalin. It's, That's what it Stalin is, did. It is crazy. Like, yeah, it's, it's not just because you know someone's heart. Here's why. You know somebody's heart by what they give to. Okay, pro-animal charities, pro-environment charities. So you might go, I'm giving to save the whales. But if you had a Stalinist, let's say, right-wing regime, they could go after your favorite charity. Right. Or or like they're doing with many church organizations. Okay, we don't like that this church is building a mall. Well, what if they believe that that is a, in, a good investment for their, for their church? So everything's going to be scrutinized. You don't like Liberty University? You don't like... Yeah. BYU, oh, yeah. You don't like the Citadel. I mean, you, you know, you 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 don't like. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many. Or or you don't. You know, you, you don't like Notre Dame. I mean, come on. Man. That's, it, you, no, but you that's can go the point. You right down just... right down the list. Or you you've got a university that does that doesn't promote uh, what the current government, and it will become a regime, right? And uh, with without the privacy, it becomes a regime. And whatever the current regime doesn't like, I mean, it's going to be, frankly, it'll be just as bad. It doesn't matter whether it's Democrat or Republican. I mean, we've seen what's happened. Remember what happened. Um, the reason Supreme Court justices only need 51 senators to be nominated is because the Democrats 
wanted to have federal judges only had needed 51% of the vote. And so the Republicans came and said, well, if it's federal judges, that includes Supreme Court justices. And so the Democrats, you know, they they lost the the balance of the Supreme Court um, because of something they'd done previously. So people forget that there are long-term consequences to things that you may go, wow, it's great for us now, right? But is it really great for us as a country? Yeah, no, it's it's so dangerous because if you have a left-wing regime, they can go after people of faith by just seeing which charities. And conversely, if you have a right-wing, they could. it's a way to punish your political enemies. And there was a way where um, I guess this stems back from when Bernie Sanders kind of was chiding Mitt Romney in 2012 when he had trusts and things like that for privacy. But I, I always thought, well, they should keep these things private because not, not everybody wants their, what they value out there in the open, right? Uh, you know, so that you could do business with people of different beliefs, sets. You have different values. Like we have clients who are pro ESG. We have clients who are anti ESG. You know, you don't want to... D- discriminate against who you serve. Yeah, and it, it, it does, it does actually allow for a lot more discrimination. It, it's, it really it's does. It's very, um, man, we, uh, corporate transparency, I guess it's under FinCEN. Was it an actual yes. law or was yes. it a regulation? Actual law. No, no. Congress passed it. Well, many companies in the U.S. will have to report information about their beneficial owners, the individuals who ultimately control. Would this go for any disregarded entity as well? Yeah. Man, that's crazy. And I, I'm sure it's under the guise that these people were, you know. Well, it's under, under the guise of going after the mafia, right? That's what it is. It's under the guise of going after syndicated crime. But it, honestly, Josh, you want to go out of syndicated crime, why don't you start going after the the, the people who are stealing from the uh, Walgreens and the and the Targets in New York and California? So <laughs> I, I think that this is not the way to do it, but this is the law. Wow. Um. Man, I don't, you know, this is something that sort of happened while we were all asleep, right? It happened during COVID. It did actually happen right then. I think it was past the beginning of 2020, right before COVID happened. So I'm I'm quite sure it was passed in early 2020. I'm looking at um, Secretary of Treasury January 1, 2022 is when it was kind of finalized, but it originally came out by as the closing loopholes against money laundering. So that's how they got it. Uh, 2016, Senators Carper, Coons, Howard, then eventually it became part of the Corporate Transparency Act. It passed January 1st, 2021. Which um, was started by Rubio. Is it the Corporate (laughs) Transparency Act of 2019 or is it 20... Uh, it was uh, uh, what what I'm looking at right now says it actually is was part of the National Defense Authorization Act, and um, it's uh, passed on January 20, January first, twenty twenty one. Okay, well, uh, that that's just really. Tom said in teams they did it for the cartels. Yeah, but to have a federal database, yeah, of right? who you care about. Think yep. about how many times, you know, you can go back to World War II, the 
the Japanese internment camps, you know, you could yep. Yep. Um, persecution of religious minorities. It, it's so wow. That's like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm depressed. This, this, this depressing. Sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to be so, be so, be such a downer, but um, it's coming up quick, oh. and uh, people are going to have to know that this is that this is coming. They've got they've got a year to comply, and they must do this form by what date so the, uh, it's really by the end of 2024 so they, they've got a year in 2024 if they're if already gets... formed once if they're newly formed in 2024 they have 90 days tom said he he did not say he agrees with it no i'm i'm just i think this is what happens it's always under the guise of anti-crime, anti-money laundering. But then you realize, well, there's a database. It's it's like yeah. the exact same thing with the it's McCarthy. It's the same as the Patriot Act, right? Same thing. But but it's even worse because I guess, you know, you could have these trusts and then I'm sure it's going to be private and the government will keep everything private just like they yeah, did. Yeah, sure. Just like, just like they did with those 3,000 returns that ProPublica got. But th but by the way, that's 3,000 returns on the ProPublica leak for the rich people. There was the leak on the Proposition 8 stuff. There's been other leaks. There was oh, the yeah, Learner leak on the Patriot Act. Yep. It's basically, let's punish our political prisoners and uh, or political enemies. It's a real, ah, uh, man. Because that's where with, you know, even, you know, people wanting to lock Trump up, people wanting to lock Hillary up. We don't want to be a nation where just people lock up their political opponents. Right, right. It, that that that's that's called a that's called a third world country, and that's where we're going. And this law yeah. gives this. And look who is you know the the the. It's always a Republican too who signs <laughs> <is>. on. You know, <laughs> always is. Marco Rubio was the co-sponsor of the first yep. one in 2017. So. Yep. And then, yep. like you said, Trump probably signed the bill, although yeah. 2021 he wasn't elected. But I guess maybe in the no, he was he was still the, remember. Oh yeah, 2021 January, January 6th of yeah, yeah. 2021 was the big day. So, so he was National still president. Defense. So it was the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021, right? And then, yeah, he was still signing the bills. January yep. one. Yeah, January 120. So he was still the president. So he could have yep. vetoed it. Okay. Yep. Man, these I think they always pass these things under the it's in a National Defense Act bill. Uh, my rule would be you don't have any of these large acts or omnibuses. Right. Everything gets an up and down vote, every provision on its own. Cause this is what happens. Things get do you know what section it is under the bill? Because I have the text right now in front of me. Man, I am so annoyed by this. This is not. <laughs> I think we struck a chord here. That's funny. But even you, oh, Tom, okay, we'll know every charity you ever care about. We'll know every private little foible about you. You know, it's just like, you know, uh, your political, it's, it's just very, oh. Oh, no, here's the great thing. Public companies are not required to do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Investment companies don't have to do it. Banks don't have to do it. Money transmitting businesses don't have to do it. Commodity businesses don't have to do it. Pooled investment uh, vehicles don't have to do it. 501C, um, so the, the, the tax exempt entities, they don't have to do it. 
Um, it, it's just unbelievable who they've exempted because that's actually where you would expect the corruption. Yeah. People they've exempted. I mean, basically this goes after small business owners who create trusts. But, but here's the like thing. That. So here, here's who it, it's supposed to prevent money laundering criminals. Do you think criminals are going to report it? Do you think they're going to report? No. No, they're not going to report. It's 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 the same problem with you know I mean whether you 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 love or hate guns it's the, the same issue there criminals always have guns well no matter what your gun laws are I'm trying so, to read this bill there must be more insidious things in this bill it's 1,482 pages so let well me know. that's that's the whole national defense yeah Act, yeah but that's but that's how they get these things slipped in right yeah. is yep. it Division F anti money laundering or you don't know I'm just I, I don't know. I don't so know. I, gotta, I just, I, read I, just this. I just know that I I just know that Treasury's written rules on it, and we have to follow the rules. And it's going to come down to the accountants. So your accountant's the one that's going to be doing this because accountants always end up being the reporting entity for all you know business owners and investors. Yeah, it's wow. This is huge. So now that you've depressed me, um, <laughs> yeah, this is. Well, I just think it violates any privacy. The, the last shred of privacy people have. You know, one, one, one of the challenges I think we're having is that um, since we're on the topic, uh, you know, the Constitution, the founders of, the, uh, of our country, um, the, really one of the primary founding principles was individual property ownership. And that's where we're different from a lot of countries, right? And what's going on is an erosion of that individual ownership from, uh, for example, um, unions, uh, and I will be perfectly honest, I'm not a fan, okay? Unions, um, the whole idea is that the worker is more important than the business owner, than the entrepreneur. That's the whole point. And, and they don't think the business owner is treating them fairly. And granted, they don't, business owners don't always, but I think most business owners do actually, because the market forces them to treat um, their, their employees well. My, my, my friends are all uh, entrepreneurs. They're all business owners. They all have employees, just like you, Josh. And I don't know one of them that abuses their employees. I mean, they're all, they're all paid well. They're all taken care of. Um, point is, is that there is an attack on small businesses right now. This is another attack on small businesses. And so what's happening is, is that instead of having this individual right to privacy, to ownership, that keeping our money, right? Tax the rich, tax, 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 tax. Um, the whole idea is this, uh, there are some people in this country now that believe that all of your money belongs to the collective universe and that anything you get back is uh, a gift and it's not yours. And that is completely contrary to how uh, this country was formed. So it's just a, a difference between uh, what the founding fathers believed and what a lot of people in this country believe. That's what I always thought with the fiduciary rule passed in 2012 by the Obama administration, where it's under a good guise, right? We're fiduciaries. I, I, I own mm -hmm. a uh, registered investment advisory firm registered with the SEC, where we act according to the good faith and of the customer. We want to do the right thing by the customer at all times. But the application of that fiduciary rule is, you know what, your 401k to public good. You wouldn't have that money in the 401k 
were it not for your income, but they don't really think about that, but were it not for the government granting you sort of like the use of a public road or a toll road, and you've heard Elizabeth Warren and others talk about this, and it's dangerous. Like the assets you have are really a result of the community. You know, it takes a village. That's why I always um, had a problem with that. It takes a village. No, it takes a mom and a dad generally to raise a family. I'm not letting, I love Jim. He's in the back. Jim's not raising my parents. I mean, Jim's not raising my children. I'm not raising his kids. You know, it's like, it takes a family, not a village, but it's this idea of the collective. And it sounds nice, right? Uh, But it really uh, has devastating consequences that historically always end up poorly. And uh, I guess it's why they don't teach history that much anymore. Hey, this is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. We'll be back after these messages. This is huge. The Accountant Lawyer Alliance is giving a free membership. Compliments of yours truly, Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback and Jelinski Advisory Group. What is ALA, you might be asking. If you are an accountant or attorney, you need CPE credits. You need CE credits. You pay big money for that. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give you free membership when you schedule and keep your no-obligation review at 888-988-JOSH. Normally, accountants pay a ton of money for this membership. Normally, a value of $299 if you're a CPA, $199 if you're an attorney, $29 if you're a student. We are giving a $299 value to you for free. Unlimited live CPE credits, unlimited live webinars, You get to track certificates of completion in your profile, networking event access, all of it for free if you schedule and keep your no-obligation strategic alliance review. We at The Financial Quarterback are, are seeking a limited number of qualified applicants. So if you're an accountant or attorney, want to professionally network with our Financial Quarterback back network. Give me a call 888-988-JOSH. Tell my staff that you want to do the free ALA meeting. You will get the AL membership normally $299 annually. Get you unlimited live CPE credits and CLE credits for nothing when you become a part of the Financial Quarterback Alliance. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-JOSH. Give us some positivity, some hope. How do we save taxes? All right, let, let, let's give some positivity. We'll, we'll start with a little additional negativity, but then we'll give you some positive to, uh, to deal with it. I'm a big believer. Um, I tell my employees, don't bring me a problem unless you have a potential solution. I don't care if the solution is good or bad or outlandish. I just want to have your idea of a solution for it. And so I don't ever bring problems without solutions. And um, I don't know any entrepreneurs that want to know what they can't do. They want to know how to do what they want to do. And uh, that's why I say in in the tax world, the question is not, is something deductible? The question is, how do I make it deductible? 
Um, the question is not how much tax do I need to pay? The question is how do I pay the least amount of tax legally possible? That is a better question. Um, what, one thing we've got is we've got a lot of new IRS programs going on, a lot of new IRS agents being uh, auditors, sorry, not agents, but uh, agents are, are, are um, federal officers, uh, auditors are accountants. Um, we've got a lot of new auditors. And a lot of people are going to get audited that have never been audited before. And there are going to be a lot of accountants um, that have been in the they're in practice for 5, 10, 15 years that have never seen an IRS audit. So um, the good news is that there are um, still uh, accountants out there, um, like my network of franchise network of CPAs are in our, our franchises, and uh, that know how to do this. And uh, it's very important when you do, you know, if you do get a notice from the IRS, you do uh, get an audit from the IRS, um, that you involve your accountant. I think that, um, Josh, you talk about this a lot, that investing is a team sport. And uh, it, it involves your financial planner, involves your attorney, involves your accountant. Um, and, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to be doing it yourself. We talked earlier about do it yourself. Well, the worst thing you can do with an audit is to do it yourself. That is, that is a recipe for disaster. So that's where you bring in somebody like me or my team. And, uh, you know, we handle that audit for you. The IRS actually has no need to talk to you at all. And I actually would rather they not talk to you. Um, but the, the because of the increase, uh, Josh, of audits coming up, the question I get most often when I'm speaking, I'm, I've got a speaking um, presentation this afternoon in Scottsdale, Arizona. I've got one tomorrow in Dallas, Texas. Um, so I, I do speak a lot. The number one question I'm getting these days is, is really not how do I reduce my taxes, it's how do I find um, the right tax advisor. That's actually the the biggest issue going on right now. People are, you know, you talked about accountants and AI going, how do you know? How do you know that accountant is really answering you and it's not AI? How do you know your accountant actually knows anything? Hmm. Wow. How, how do you know? I'm going to ask you that question, but I, I was, it was thinking about a situation that a client called me up, said, oh, Josh, I got a letter from the IRS calls me doesn't call the cpa that did the return i said you gotta hit and then he goes oh i'm just gonna go up uh, i'm gonna go to the meeting and i'm oh, like you gotta know this guy i'm like you do not want to be in that meeting you, your cpa should represent you he calls them like you said that you got to find the right accountant I mean, I, I think I, I caught even the CPA making some mistakes. It was like, well, yeah. well why am I like being him. involved? I mean, I appreciate this, but this is your baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's actually a big problem. Um, the, unfortunately, you know, my son, uh, my, my son actually works in our, in our company and he was asking me, he says, so what are the qualifications for a tax advisor? I'm going, well, it's one of the most, um, weirdly regulated industries. So CPAs are highly regulated, like financial planners are, like you are, Josh. And we have, you know, we have exams we have to take, we have continuing agent, all, all, all that kind of stuff. But yesterday I was actually doing a webinar uh, with somebody and they were talking, they said, well, we've got a couple of other tax people coming on. I said, well, tell me about them. Well, they're tax strategists. I'm going, so what does that mean? Well, one of them, uh, was a financial advisor, <laughs> Josh, you'll love that. Well, actually, both of them, both of them, neither one of them had any tax background. 
whatsoever. Um, they were financial advisors, but they had found that the accounts they were working with were so poorly educated that they had to learn it. And so it's just like you're saying, Josh, that, you know, you have your, the, the client comes to you. Well, they trust you. all that saying, Josh, and it's actually a compliment. I'm sure you recognize that, that they trust you more than they trust the account, their accountant. Well, I think that's very sad. So actually that's our mission. That's my mission in life is to really train the accounting profession and completely mm. revolutionize the accounting profession. So, because I think accountants are not stupid. I think they're very smart people. I think they just don't have the tools, um, the, the training, the experience um, to do this. And they just need it. Like we have a, we have a conference coming up uh, next month, November. And uh, if your CPA uh, isn't attending, they need to attend. It's the WealthAbility Annual Tax Strategy Conference. And we teach them how to work with their clients like you. So um, that's, that's a very big training. We have a lot of people come to that conference. It is our most popular event of the year. Um, and uh, in fact, we're, we're just, fill, we're filling up actually really, really fast right now. We only have a, a truly only have a few seats left. So again, if, if you're, if you think your CPA ought to get some training, uh, send them to the wealth ability. And where uh, can CPAs find out about that event? Go to, go, go to wealthability.com. Wealthability and just com. click on four CPAs. There's a, there's a tab, tab at the top for CPAs and it has our conversation. Cause we have a lot of people, a lot of CPAs who listen to me, a lot of, we reach a, a broad, Found out one time, you know, the, the big Kiplinger book, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. or the Kiplinger. Lassiter's, JK Lassiter's, right, right. all those people are listeners from uh, That's cool. our New York That's radio awesome. stations. Uh, I love doing live radio because sometimes I will throw out like a, a weird tax question right. that I don't know mm -hmm. the answer to. And then I get a call from a, from a dedicated CPA awesome. and I'm like, That's how awesome. do you know this? One, one time uh, I said, I could tell this person was a cut above like you. And I said, how do you know this stuff? Cause I talk to CPAs all day. So I know a good one. I know a sharp one. And the guy goes, Oh yeah, I, I, I write the book for JK Lassiter, you know, her. Ah, that's awesome. And there's a bunch of them where we'll, we'll have uh, Barbara Weltman who writes and there's so many various, and you always learn stuff having people on. And that's why when I, it was kind of sad, uh, the client called and I'm like, well, why isn't your CPA taking the lead? And, and it's a, it's a sad thing. So I'm glad that you're trying to elevate the profession. I'm also doing, by the way, a training we give, uh, we have a CPE Alliance with a local accounting group, ALA. Well, actually it's a national CPE accounting firm sort of by a Temple University professor, ALA community, we uh, have like 170,000 CPA database. So we got to get you to speak to that group, Tom. Yeah. And I'm speaking for them, uh, I think, October 20th. So folks, if you want to know about that, uh, call our office, 888-988-JOSH. I can give you a 50% discount on CPE credits there. So... Yeah, it was a group called McDevitt and Klein, and then they built uh, a whole ALA community and very powerful uh, networking. And we were talking about that. Accountants, he even said it, they go from like a bean counter mentality, right? Like, oh, woe is me. I'm just doing 1040s. I'm depressed. To they also want to self-actualize. Yeah, they, they, they are sharp people. They are brilliant. No. I mean, they are the people who got the 1600 on their SATs. 
And I think your programs help elevate the profession. So that's great. No, I appreciate it. Well, you've been to one, right? So oh, yeah, uh, I loved it. I I, I want to go to the one in November. Uh, I will. Well, you should. Zoom. So so that's the other. Seriously, the other group that uh, we find um, uh, really loves these conferences are the are the financial advisors, financial advisors, and we even have uh, tax attorneys. We have tax attorneys that come, so it's not limited to CPAs. We're a big believer in um, in a team sport, so we want everybody to understand how taxes work. Well, you learn a lot doing it that way. So give us, so we talked about the damaging uh, new legislation that we we have to comply. So give me some good news. What are, what are some, you always said you want solutions too. Absolutely. So give me some good good tips. Lots of good news. First of all, the biggest good news is the tax law is written as a series of incentives for entrepreneurs and investors. That's how it's written. So that's why I wrote two books on it, Tax-Free Wealth, which actually tells you a little more of the detail about you know, how to reduce your taxes, and then Win-Win Wealth, which actually tells you why it, why it works the way it does and, um, and what it is from a policy standpoint, as well as um, how you can use it. And um, the good news is we've got some really good tax incentives in the law right now. The, the biggest one is uh, renewable energy. You know, The Green New Deal can be your Green New Deal. And uh, you can you can put solar on your building. You you can get both. I mean, if you put solar on your building right now, Josh, I think we've talked about this before. But if you put solar in your building right now, the government will pay two thirds of the cost effectively. Wow. If you put solar on your business on your office building, um, or well, the, your, the last uh, time you came on, the last you time you came on, I went to Tesla's website and they were uh-huh. so busy with the demand. Yep. Um, yeah, and, but there are lots of other good companies. You know, Tesla is actually a little pricey, um, but there there are lots of good companies. Um, Tesla does have a very good product. Do you know of, of any? Well, what are your three favorite ones that you've heard, or three no, that you've heard of good things? They're, they're about. local. I mean, there's a oh, lot just, of local companies. I, 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 the uh, the ones who did me, I, I'll give a shout out to Aneva. A N E V A, but they're only in Arizona, I think. Okay. Um, solar. They did. They put it both on my um, studio uh, that I'm in right now, as well as on my office building, and uh, did a great job. Just wow. did an absolute great job. And then they, you know, they uh, monitor it. Um, it's actually tied into their monitoring system. They monitor the usage. They make sure that it's, ma- uh, you know, um, uh, maximized. They're maximizing the the usage and making sure the batteries work, and because the batteries are very important to the whole process. But I'll tell you the other thing, one thing that people are ignoring right now, and some of it is because of the renewable energy benefits, but remember, oil and gas tax benefits are still there, Josh. And uh, with oil at uh, closing in on $100 a barrel, um, it <laughs> there's some really good um, returns on investment in oil right now. And the tax benefits, basically... If you put in a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get an eighty, seventy to eighty thousand dollar deduction the first year. Even if you're a passive investor, this is where it's different from real estate. You get a tax benefit from oil and gas that you cannot get from real estate, and um, and then the following years you get you only have to pay tax on eighty five percent of the income. So, so oil and gas, I want to. Oh, what do I do that? How do I get involved with that? Do I you, you, do I build just an like oil you, just derrick? Like you, <laughs> just like you would real estate, you find a syndicator, okay. you find somebody who is a driller. And you invest in their syndication. Um, there are some good ones, and there's a couple of public companies 
that, that do public offerings. I know Mewborn out of um, Amarillo, Texas does a public offering every summer. Um, and that's one, by the way, you could get, uh, Josh, you could get your clients into. They, uh, they do a public offering. Hey, this is Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. We'll be back after these messages. Folks, I'm just realizing something. I didn't plan this, but we got Tom Wheelwright, arguably one of the top CPAs in the country. And November, I'm going to be doing six free CPE events. If you're an accountant and you want membership in the ALA, you get unlimited live CPE and CLE credits. When you schedule your no obligation financial quarterback team, you know, it doesn't take just a quarterback. You know, the quarterback is only one position. We need the tight end. We need the wide receiver. We need the offensive line. And that's why we need CPAs and attorneys as a part of our network. If you schedule your one-hour pre-qual call, that's a pre-qualification to see if you have what it takes to be a part of our CPA Attorney Financial Advisory Alliance, give us a call, 888-988-JOSH, 888-988-5674, and you'll get the AOA membership for free. That's a $299 value. Give us give us a call. You can check out ALA at ALA Community. That's accountantlawyeralliancecommunity.org. Give us a call, 888-988-JOSH. Okay, give us some more good news. I like this is what this is what the part about Tom Wheelwright I love. Although I do think it's important to talk about AI, to talk about problems on the horizon with new legislation. Sure. But I, lo- I love how you give hope. And then at the end, we'll end of the interview. I just want you to touch on how to find a good accountant as well. Well, um, well I, actually, I think there's there's hope in that too because uh, what we're doing is uh, yeah, I don't think you know this, Josh. We uh, we just launched a franchise. So um, where we've had independent CPA firm members, now they're becoming franchisees. And so we get to have um, more input in uh, their quality control. Uh, we get to have a closer relationship with them. We get to train them even more than we've been training them now. And uh, I, I think uh, that is the future of our profession is to have a really strong tax advisory franchise like WealthAbility. And, uh, and and really what we're, what I'll tell you what I teach uh, CPAs. I think the number one job of an advisor, whether they're a tax advisor, a financial advisor, or a legal advisor is to ask good questions. Wouldn't you agree, Josh? Oh, definitely. It's all about asking questions. Well, CPAs are just, terrible at it. I mean, literally, we play this game. So frequently at our conferences, CPA conferences, we play a game and we call it the the question game. And what we do is we put two people opposite each other. And the first one asks a question, anything about their day, whatever. And the second one has to ask a follow-up question. And then there has to be another follow-up question. And the first person to give an answer loses. And um, it's pretty funny, but literally. I've known CPAs that I've been training for five years and they still have a hard time with that. And 
the problem is, is it's, it's not just the ability to ask a question, it's the ability to ask a good question. So good questions, you know, Josh, that's diagnosing. It's, you, you know, you're diagnosing a situation. As a financial advisor, you diagnose their financial situation. As a tax advisor, we diagnose their tax situation and their, and their financial situation. We need to know everything. Um, uh, you know, as a medical doctor, they diagnose, for, they spend all their time you go meet with your doctor. They're spending all their time diagnosing the problem. They're not spending all the time giving you answers and saying, well, what do you want to ask me? Well, how do I get, you know, how do I feel better? You know, that's really, I only have one question. How do I pay less tax? That's all, that's my question. And uh, and so it's funny, you know, people always say, well, what questions should I ask my CPA? I'm going, why are you asking your CPA any questions? Your CPA should be asking you questions. And um, mm, uh, so I'm, I'll, I'll give you three questions. Okay, if that's okay, Josh, I'll give you three questions I think every CPA should be asking their clients. The first question is, um, how do you make your money? And that seems like a simple question, but believe it or not, a lot of CPAs, they'll never ask that question. Um, because how you make your money has an impact on how much tax you pay. Right. If you make it as an employee, it gets taxed at a different rate than if you make it as a self-employed, which is taxed at a different rate than if you're a big business owner or an investor. Um, different uh, taxpayers pay different rates. Uh, people don't realize that, that, it, you know, how you make your money does have a big impact on how much tax you pay. And if I know how you make your money, I can set your situation up now so that you pay a lot less tax right now. The second question is, how are you going? What are you going to do with your money? So in the U.S., um, if you save your money or you spend your money, you will be taxed on your money. If you save it or spend it, you'll be taxed on it. If you invest it, um, particularly if you invest it in um, hard assets like uh, a business, like um, real estate, um, energy, uh, agriculture, things like that. You, you invest it in active, you know, real, real kind of business enterprises. If you do that, um, there's no tax. There's literally zero tax uh, because uh, it's all going back to the business. And the tax law only taxes you on what's left over that you save or spend personally. So any money you reinvest doesn't get taxed. Um, so you have to know that. So, and, and I rarely hear um, accountants ask that question. They'll sometimes ask the first one, um, almost never ask the second one. And the third one, um, they never, ever ask. And in fact, the only people who ever ask it um, are, frankly, people like you, Josh, financial planners and estate planning attorneys. And th that question is, what are you going to do with your money when you die? And the reason that accounts don't ask it is because they do not make the connection between what you're going to do with your money when you die and your tax situation now. Let me give you a good example. So let's go back to our charity as an example. This is a big lesson for everybody. Let's say that you go, well, I'm not going to have any estate tax issue. When I die, I'm just going to give it all charity. Going, okay. So you won't have an estate tax. I mean, there's a full charitable deduction. That's why Warren Buffett, all his money is going to the Gates Foundation, right? When he dies. Um, that's what he said. So, um, but I I would I will guarantee you, Warren Buffett um, <laughs> is not waiting to leave that to the um, Gates Foundation when he dies. He's already set that up in a trust, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know his situation, but I'm sure he has. And now he's getting a tax deduction now for the donation he's going to make when he dies. And so that's just a simple example of you've got to understand 
um, really your tax advisor needs to understand what are you going to do with your money when you die in order to maximize your tax savings now. Yeah, and, and often I always thought about that with Warren Buffett. He took advantage of the loophole where, you know, if you have your own family foundation, you get yeah. one set of write-off and you can maybe explain this for, you know, what, 30% or something. He, he specifically picked a charity. I don't know if he's on the board right. of it that he's not connected to. Right. So that's, that is, a, that's, a, that's a much bigger deduction. That's a 60% deduction. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. Or, or at least so, 50%. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a much bigger deduction. So he's not, I mean, he is charitable. God bless him. He's very charitable. But the point is like, why do we want, and this goes back to that beneficial ownership thing. Why do we need to care about what he, what's on right. his heart and mind? And, you know, let that be his own private thing. But I guess... I mean, if you want to make a big deal out of it, make a big deal out of it. If you don't, you should be able to do it privately. Yeah. Anyway, so what about, you got me thinking, should I buy a farm? I want to go, well, I, want, I, want to, I want to write off so, some money. Should I buy a farm? <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. I will tell you, I, I, have, I have buddies. I, I've, I have clients now that are, that are in agriculture. Um, and I'll tell you some ones that they're doing that, you know, because you think about a farm, you go, eh, I don't really want to grow corn. Yeah, now. I know. Yeah. Um, but I've got one that is raising Wagyu cattle, very high-end cattle. I've got another one who is, uh, has a uh, winery, right? They're, they have a vineyard. So they're, 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 they just, you know, they like wine and they, they think this is fascinating to, to uh, have a vineyard. And so they have a vineyard. And um, so I would, you know, I always think that when it comes to agriculture, you have to know that it is a lot of work. I mean, the fastest way to go from, um, to become a millionaire is to start with $10 million and invest it in a farm. The fast way to become a millionaire. <laughs> Uh, because you'll lose nine million dollars right off the bat. Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a it, it is a sinkhole of money if you're not really if you don't really understand it. It's just a very yeah. I mean, you're subject to disease, uh, uh, weather, um, water. Um, you know, there's uh, e even even uh, ESG right is affecting agriculture big time right now. So, uh, you know, you really do have to pay close attention. I'm a big fan, Josh, of pick something that you would love to do. Pick something that you go, man, I would love to do this. And even if it, you think, wow, you know, when I retire, I'm going to do this. Well, why wait till you retire? Do it now. And, uh, and uh, the clients that I, my clients who are most successful they make money on everything they do. They don't just make money on their primary business. Um, they literally make money every time they invest. Uh, a good friend of mine, um, Robert Kiyosaki, reached out Poor Dead fame, and he has a rule in his life. He will not buy a, a toy, you know, like, uh, like a Ferrari, right? Or Bentley. He just bought a new, uh, I, th I think he's uh, buying a new Bentley or something. Anyway, he, he, he will not buy a, a new car, which he loves cars, um, unless he first buys an asset that pays for the car. So, and I talked about that in chapter nine of the win-win wealth strategy. Um, but you buy an asset and the asset pays for the, uh, what, you know, what, uh, Robert would call liability. You know, your, your toy, your, your house, your vacation home, uh, your your box seats at um, uh, at, at the Jet Stadium. Um, that's what you got, right? Box seats at the Jet Stadium, Josh. No, I don't um, like the Jets, but that'd be nice. 
Um, I'm, I'm just kidding. That 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 poor team. They just have the worst luck. I know. Um, but but uh, no, seriously. You, you and then what you end up doing is you end up getting deductions for the real estate um, or for the asset. And uh, so you really, it's the, it's like getting a deduction for buying a Ferrari, right? Or getting a deduction for buying box seats. Um, that it really works that way. Money's fungible, so it doesn't matter what how you do it. And um, the the more assets. You know, I would say that the more money you make, the more tax you pay, but the more wealth you build, the less tax you pay. So the goal is to just build more wealth and pay less tax. There you go. That's a great way to conclude a fascinating interview with Tom Wheelwright. Win-win wealth strategy, wealth ability. What website uh, do you want to plug or have people go to for this well, event? Wealthability.com. That is our website. Wealthability.com. I want to thank you, Tom, for joining us for another fun interview. Thanks, Josh.